When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Fight fans, before we begin this episode, I just wanted to take a moment to give our shout out to the sponsors for this podcast, Bear Attack Boxing. Now Bear Attack Boxing, relatively new company, but they've got an absolute passion for boxing. They've been going just over a year, they've attracted top talent like Tommy McCarthy, Tyrone McCulloch, who swear by their boxing gloves and the products that they sell. Now these are not like just your normal standard gloves, they're high quality equipment you need to get yourself over to their website which is www.bearattackboxing.co.uk follow them on social media at attack boxing on twitter and on facebook bear attack boxing to look at the latest deals that they've got now starting from the 1st of january bear attack boxing i've got a really great little offer on to see in the new year and it's going to be 10 percent off purchases with a discount code especially for you the listeners which is bab 2019 now that offer is on from the 1st of january to the 12th of january so make sure when you get to that checkout when you're purchasing them high quality gloves you enter that code BAB2019 and remember to follow them www.bearattackboxing.co.uk at Attack Boxing on Twitter and Bear Attack Boxing on Facebook He teamed up with David A he got worse still than what he had before All he's trying to bring as much pain to the table as I can bring man. Oh yeah. through the David Hay link up because it caught a lot of people by surprise. It's just business, brother. I'm a gladiator, I'm a fighter. I have to go to war, man. Can't help it. Welcome to the White vs. Chisora preview podcast. John Basto, your host here as always, joined by Jordy Neal. And before we begin the episode, follow us on Apple Podcasts, on Podbean. Find us on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod and Facebook BTR Boxing Podcast. Jordy, first of two big pay-per-views this weekend and it's Dillian White, Derry Chisora number two. Do you think this is going to be a decent event to start with? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I don't think it's as strong as its rival this weekend, but I think, you know, the fight, the first fight definitely justifies a rematch. So I think it's one of them where the um, the main event's going to be the, the big attraction, as it should be, but I don't quite think the undercard's as strong as, as, as we said, the other one. But um, I think, yeah, I think it's a it's a decent event, not a, not an amazing one, but... Yeah, definitely a decent little a decent little card. It's it's an event that's obviously going to be overshadowed by the the other event which we're going to be talking about in a separate episode. But the main fight itself is is a brilliant fight, and this is the the preview podcast that we're doing it about mainly because I do think it's a, a really really good fight and a fight both men need at this stage of the career because nobody's getting anywhere like Dillian White's not getting his shot at Ortiz or he's got a shot at Wilder and you know Derek Chisora beat Carlos Takam in emphatic fashion he's kind of you know he's had a bit of a career revival as of late after seemingly being wrote off you know over the past 12 months when he lost that European title challenge in Monaco he was like yeah he's done now but now it's like 
he knocked Takam out, a guy who doesn't get knocked out, and he did it in a fashion, and now it's like, shit, actually, we, you know, we, Derek Chisora could do something in this fight with Dillian White. But he's the king of that, isn't he? He's, like, he's, been, he's been down and out so many times, people have said, like, oh, there's no way back for him now, and he's finished, and he's a bit of a weird character, to put it to put it mildly, but, uh, yeah, after the Takam thing, you've, you're sort of saying, you know, we're... Can he can he still mix it at the at the top level? You know when when he stepped up in the past, he's been beat. But people want to watch Derek Chisora because of his enigmatic character, the fact that he brings entertainment usually, and he's got like a granite chin, so he always makes for a good fight. And if he's in shape, he's dangerous for anyone. But you know it's all it's always been an age old argument about Derek Chisora that sometimes he's in shape, sometimes he's not. Yeah. Judged by that Monaco thing, he was. That Monaco fight, he was in no shape at all. But then a couple of fights earlier, the fight of the year with Dillian White. So, you know, it just depends what Derek Chisora turns up. But all the um, all the build-ups being being positive, he looks in good shape. But it just it just depends on what Delboy turns up on the night. Well, let's go back and talk about uh, both of their careers leading up to it. Just touching on the last couple of fights in particular, Dillian White has really improved for me since he lost to Anthony Joshua. He, he doesn't... I've said this a few times before, and people that listen to this podcast for a long time will have heard me say the same words, but he doesn't get emotionally involved in the fights anymore. As in, when he was in that fight with Joshua, there was a load of beef between him, and he could see he was emotionally involved, which I think led to a lot of mistakes in that fight. Since he's come back from that, he's had a couple of tomato cans, but then you look at his record uh, since then, uh, and he's beat Dave Allen, he beat Derek Chisora, he's beat... Robert Hellenius, Lucas Brown, and then Joseph Parker. Yeah, it's a it, you know his resume is as good as anyone outside of the champions. Like especially his last two with um, you know former world champion and Lucas Brown. You know again that's up for debate as we touched on a couple of over the last couple of weeks with you know certain regular titles. But obviously the Joseph Parker fight was a great fight. You know he's out on his feet with he was saved by the bell really with a couple of seconds to go. But you know he's 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 had consistent tests and he's always improved. But as you say sometimes. I mean, I still think he's got that fire in him. I mean, when he gets clocked, he sometimes does react by trying to yeah. take the you know his opponent's head off. But that always makes for a good fight. But I think yeah, he's steadily progressing, and you know he's he's up at my old where I studied Loughborough, where you know it's an amazing facility to get some of the best athletes in the world in in shape. And you know he's gone and um, and he works out there, and you know I think that's a great addition to what he does. He's definitely in the best shape. You know he's getting in better shape all the time you know if you look at the Dillian White now to that one in 2015 with Joshua it's a different man you know what I mean yeah. he was a big fleshy big fleshy audible heavyweight, heavyweight against <laughs> Joshua but now you know he's still got that flesh he's still that's his body type but he, he looks like an athlete now and I think that's that's shown in his recent performances his performances have got better in general I mean his boxing ability was always there but sometimes in particular the first fight with Chisora he kind of fought Chisora's fight. Chisora wanted that fight to go the way he did. He wanted it to be, you know, a close fight on each other's chest, throwing bombs at each other, and that's the way it went down. But we've seen that he sets some of his punches up really well, and the the Lucas Brown fight was a really good example of that. And I don't think Lucas Brown was in any way, shape, or form right on that night. He was well overweight compared to what he usually comes in at. He looked out of shape. He didn't look himself. He looked slow. No excuses, but. Dillian White was setting everything up off the jab really well, and, and and obviously the shot that landed that finished Lucas Brown, you know, was brilliant. It landed right off a, right off a, a jab from what I remember, and I thought, you know, this is this is really great improvements. And then we get to the Parker fight, and we think, right, 
this is kind of like fringe world level fighters a former world champion who probably wouldn't have been a world champion should there only have been one or two belts in the division but he goes in against a guy who would like to fight in close and he, for, for the majority of the fight he out hustled him he put Parker down for the first time in his career I mean that was I think that was debatable from what I remember in that fight but he put him down for the first time in his career a guy that had been in with Anthony Joshua you know someone you, you would have expected to have put down Josie Parker but Dillian White did it he went a little bit life and death with him in that last final round and then a few seconds, but it's probably just exhaustion more than anything for the for the fight he dominated. He, he's, he's improved massively. Yeah, I think that Parker wins definitely his best. Um, Parker's a, I think Parker's a good fighter. I mean, you know, he he didn't quite fight his fight against Joshua. I think the occasion and stuff got to him, but you know, Parker showed against White that he can box and mix it as well. And you know, he's a tough man. He took, he took some big shots in his last couple of fights, Parker and. You know, the only one that really troubled him is that Dillian White shot, and it, and it, you know, it did put him over. But I think he learned he learns a lot in that Joseph Parker fight. But you know, whether that's put a lot of miles on the clock, we we won't know till Saturday. I don't think it has. But you know, it's them it's them long slugfests that sometimes catch up with you. But again, we're going to see on um, on Saturday night. But what it took from like fight week is I think both of them look in decent shape. So, yeah, I think so. You know, as well. they're, they're both going to come into the fight with a full gas tank and it's not going to be one of them where they're just leaning on each other from like 3-4 onwards I think they'll both be in good shape and I think the winner will be the best man you know out of the pair of them and you know for me I think that might just be Dillian White just again well going over to Chisora then and obviously we were talking about his loss when he had that European title challenge uh, was it last year? yeah last year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it was last year and for me he seemingly was down and out. I, I felt. I felt to myself, you know, maybe he should retire now. Chisora, but the man's just a bounce back man. He comes back all the time. I mean, he's been around since two thousand and seven. Eleven years he's been a professional now, yeah. and we've seen him in with some big fights with Vitaly Klitschko. He got robbed against Robert Hellenius. He had the big grudge match with David Hay and lost that. And then he lo- he's lost to Tyson Fury twice. And then you think to yourself, looking at his record, he's got eight losses on his record. You wouldn't expect him to be where he is at this moment in time in terms of the winner of this fight. It's probably, you know, I won't, I'll say probably, it's a good chance that they may go on to face Joshua in April at Wembley. That's what people have spoke about. It's not guaranteed, it's not set in stone, but a lot of rumours going around that, that that might be a possibility. But Derek Chisora's last couple of fights, uh, you know, he's looked a lot better, uh, especially in the Takam fight. For me, he looked like the old Derek Chisora you know he sat on Takam's chest he didn't give him anything he took a few blows he absorbed a few blows and then he came back and he got that great combination which finished the fight which I don't think a lot of people expected no I think you know I've seen him talking today about the defeat in Monaco and about how you know he, that just wasn't his sort of place to box <laughs> you know, looking out the ring seeing people drink martinis and stuff like that <laughs> and you know sometimes that's just not for everyone but I don't think Chisora's record actually means that much in the grand scheme of things because he's got this sort of like personality and I guess reputation now where he'll always get a fight anyway. Yeah. You know, if 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 Derek Chisora was to get beat, would that put would that put nine losses on his record? I think if he was to get beat on on Saturday, but I guarantee early 2019, if he stuck around, he'd still get another fight somewhere. He's just he's in that. I guess you don't know if you call it lucky or <laughs> unlucky place where he'll always be pretty relevant. This depends on the level he wants to fight at. But I think sort of like a little just looking into the fight, you know, his best his last two performances that you really think are good are the white white one and 
um, Carlos Tachan where he's looked really good yeah. I don't know whether it's coincidence but he, he weighed in 246 pounds and a quarter in both of them fights so you know maybe he's found like his, his, opt, his optimum weight so it'll be quite interesting to see if he comes in or you know, anywhere near that because you know that might be you know we hear people talk all the time about optimum weight maybe that's just where Derek Chisora is his best at and if you look down his you know his um, record he's coming at some crazy weight you know he's coming at like 278 you know 205 at one point like you know so he's been up and down so yeah. maybe he's just found where he's happy and where he's most dangerous he's looking in really good shape I will admit that I've seen a few clips of him this week in the build up to the fight and uh, there's a few people that are saying it on social media that he looks in great shape and we'll only tell when they get on the scales which is tomorrow in a, a evening so if he comes in at that weight there's a good chance that he, you know he's he's really going to be he's really going to be up for it anyway. I was trying to say he's really going to be up for this fight. He's going to be up for this fight no matter what. No matter what he's going to he's going to really want to try and win this fight because he knows that there's one big fight probably awaits after this regardless of who ends up, who ends up being. There's one big fight after this. I can I can assure yeah. the listeners that there will be a big fight for the winner of this at some point in the next twelve months. So they both know what's on the line. Dillian White's got more to lose than Chisora because Dillian White's really worked his way back up after losing to Joshua to get to this point after seemingly BWC mandatory from I know. Well, that's what's going to. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say he was supposed to be the manager to fight Wilder, but he just seems to have been completely bypassed. And I don't know whether that's because people don't think he's a decent enough name, or whether they think actually he's a bit too much. Yeah, it's it's, it's high risk, low reward. That's the one. What are you going to get from? You know, put yourself like. It should be Fury, as we all said, but in Wilder's shoes a couple of months ago, if he beats White, everyone says, oh, well, Joshua beat him anyway. Yeah. And then, but if he gets beat by, you know, by White, then it doesn't look so good, and it's just one of them, like, I don't know whether he's going to really have to force a world title shot and literally, you know, put a champion in a position where they can't get out of it just to get one, but whether that's Joshua, Wilder, or, you know, if any of the belts come come available, but, yeah, I mean, I'm just on Chisora, it'd be interesting to see the effect of David A., you know, I'm, not yes. con- I'm not convinced though yeah. this manager thing I think it's just a little way for David A to keep himself relevant yeah I think and just so keep as well well look, funnily enough just to sort of interrupt you there I'd seen uh, an interview about half an hour ago before we started recording um, and Spencer Veron says um, to, to hey you know do you think in your prime you would have beat Andy Joshua and he was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I had the speed and the timing and Joshua wouldn't have never seen anything like me. I was like, yeah, David A is just trying to keep himself as relevant yeah. as anything. He's, he's kind of... Classic David A, isn't he? Yeah. He's a, he, just, he loves the limelight. He loves being famous. He loves... You know, you see him at the table today and he's like, you know, it's Eddie Ian, Adam Smith, David A. You know, I know, he's, he's weird, not, isn't it? <laughs> he's, not a, he's not the trainer. He's not... He's just... Is he even officially the manager? I think he's just officially the manager of Derek Chisora. <laughs> just officially Chisora's mate now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> after after that big brawl yeah, back in just, 2012. Yeah, I don't. I, it doesn't really add up for me, but um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see whether he, you know he brings anything in, sort of, in terms of experience, which he has got. If you look at him as a fighter, regardless of what you think of him as a man, but yeah, it'd be interesting. But I'm not sure whether that you know whether that relationship will go very long in my opinion mm. I think it's just a mutual uh, it's a beneficial relationship that like they're both going to end up making money out of it David A is probably using whatever sway he has yeah. in the boxing world to try and get Chisora some good Chisora money Chisora loses though he'll be out of his dressing yeah, room yeah fucking damn right he will <laughs> yeah absolutely he's only there he'll be walking out with white <laughs> you know what David Hay you were starting to remind me a little bit 
of a very young Don King promoter. He's like Don he's starting to become slippery, <laughs> slippery as fuck when it comes to getting involved in stuff, and it just seems a bit of a shame considering the you know the fighter that he was. That he's starting to get a bit of. He's going down that route. Anyway, let's uh, stop talking about David A. We're making this podcast about him here. Yeah, that's what <laughs> uh, Let's go into uh, keys to victory for both men then. And starting with Dillian White, what do you think are... Uh, what do you think is the best way for Dillian White to, to, to make this fight easier for himself without getting too engaged? If he boxes through his game plan, which he, which he sort of nearly did last time for a while, I think he's just... In my opinion, Dillian White's just maybe a little bit better than Derek Chisora at this moment Yeah. so I think you know if he keeps it sort of sensible then I think Dillian White wins quite comfortably I think it'll definitely go, I think it'll go to points again I said it will go to points in the first fight because I just don't think one I don't think pride will let either unless they get like knocked out cold which can happen to anyone but you know weighing it up I don't think pride will let either of these you know quit or get stopped on the feet or anything like that so I just think it's one of them where I think White needs to use his superior boxing ability and just win the fight comfortably, you know, over the distance. But on the other hand, Chisora's got to just make it into what it was last time and hope that them big shots he caught White with last time either have a bigger effect or he's got more than a tank to follow up. But, you know, I think my overriding feeling is that maybe Dillian White will win over 12 rounds. Well, I think for, for, for key to victory for me for, for Dillian White is he's, he's practically what you've already said. Like, if he boxes to the game plan, he just tries to stay uh, unengaged in terms of getting, in, you know, in, in, in sort of the phone box fight, then he could beat Chisora comfortably. But I suspect what will happen is we'll go a few rounds where he will try a game plan and then He'll, he'll get caught with a big shot yeah. at some point and that's when it'll all sort of really go into the fight we've seen back in 2016 I think that's what we'll be we'll be looking at um, I, I don't really see any any other way of, of Dillian White like winning the fight other than on points I can't see him knocking Chisora out because Chisora's just a durable man the man's hard as fuck yeah. the, the guy's like you could fucking hit him with a sledgehammer, man, and he just doesn't go down. I mean, obviously, David Hayes fucking knocked him out, but, man, he's, ago, he, that's a long time ago. He's just a... The man's just a beast, and I think he's... Uh, I think he's just ready for another... Another round... Another 12 rounds of... Of war, as he would say, as he would call it. Uh, Chisora, then. What would you say his keys to victory are in this one? Would you say he needs to get close, stay on his chest... Fight the same fight as in yeah, the first like fight. Yeah, like what I just said. Then I think he just got to, you know, fight the same fight and hope that his his punches either have an effect or he's got more in the tank to follow up. But yeah, I mean, I I'm not shifting from what I think. I think White beats him over twelve rounds, and I think it might be a bit wider than it was the first time. It's prediction time, and you've already given it <laughs> predictions. Then going with White in twelve rounds, I think. I think I probably agree. I can't really argue that Chisora, at this stage of his career, even though he looks like he's having a second wind, I can't see him beating Dillian White. I can't, I, Dillian White can take some good punches as well. He's fucking hard as fuck. That guy, man, he takes some punches in the Joshua fight, and he's just an accumulation of punches that, that ended up finishing him. He's, he's you know, he can take punches as Dillian White, and I think Chisora, you know, we've seen it in the first fight, he'll get his shots off, he will land at points, but. I think they've, they've shared enough rounds with each other to know what to expect from each other. It's not like 
the power is going to significantly have increased since the first fight. You know, I don't think that'll be the case. Not unless they've really been working hard on strength, but both men's body types are very similar and I don't think it's going to be any different from, from the way the first fight goes down. And I think Dillian White wins possibly... A, a close decision you're saying maybe a little bit wider I think it might be a little bit closer again I think it's going to be one of them fights where they're going to be first few rounds will be a bit sensitive and then I think I expect round four or five onwards we're going to start to see the same as before we're going to see a fight in a phone box we're going to see the men going to war and it's just going to be a case of who can out hustle one another in this fight so prediction wise I think Dillian White wins uh, on a closer decision maybe like a 115 113 card or 116 112 somewhere along them lines i think that's kind of how it will go down for me prediction wise um but the undercard we was talking about the two pay-per-view events this weekend wanted to use the rest of the time for the episode to really touch on the some of the fights on the undercard and one of the fucking fights that you know I'm so surprised that is Price and Little uh, David Price and Tom Little going on the undercard I'm thinking man David Price is just stepping down even more I mean he's just been in with Povetkin and then who did he fight last now? Sergei Cousin yeah Cousin so he's just yeah. he's just drops levels again no, I mean, but he's no- got to get back in hasn't he like he's got to get back in in the ring and I think them. T- I don't think Price is a world level fighter but he give them two you know, I think without injury, he was winning the Cousin fight for me. So without injury, maybe he could, he could definitely run that fight close or maybe beat him. But I don't think he's on Pavekin's level. But you know, there's not many other ways to are. You know, he's just been in with Joshua, so there's no disrespect in that fight. But I think for Price, it's just getting in with Little. I think he'll dispatch a little pretty. I don't want to say easily, but I think he'll be a few levels above Tom Little. And then you know, 2019 Price. You know, people always say he's got a bad chin and all that shit, but. Like he'll always be in good fights because he's a heavyweight who can whack and is vulnerable. So why wouldn't you want to watch it? Mm. And all the people who go, oh, he should retire. He's been he's been like really knocked out by Povetkin and a drug street in um, Tony Thompson. No, yeah. and but he did oh, who else was, he? was he? Else was the other fellow Dave who knocked him out? Yeah, that's knocked the him one. out when he's on drugs and Povetkin knocked him out. The Thompson one was like the year wasn't he? He, was, he got up but he was just scrambled. Yeah, yeah, so, I remember now. But a, f- a few of his defeats have been like him being on the ropes and getting stopped. So if he had this terrible chin everyone talks about, why did Christian Hammer take you know three shots at his chin when he was knackered and he didn't go down then? You know what I mean? Cousman was ringing shots off him in that fight over the four rounds, he didn't go down then. You know, maybe he's not got the best chin in the world, but to say as soon as he gets it, he goes down, it's just it's just cheap and, sh- and not true for me. So I think... Price is always going to be a good addition to heavyweight boxing and I think he will get another big fight and why wouldn't you want to watch him as I said he's vulnerable because he can get it but he can knock people out as well I think the problem is with, with a lot of people is they don't want to see him really get hurt and I think the Povetkin loss was the one where people was looking at it thinking you know what you can do that to anyone, I know you can. That's yeah. the thing. I know, but it's like when you look at a bad knockout like that, it's, it's fucking. Hell, if he man. was like slurring his words and he was like not articulate and he was a big, you know, couldn't barely put a sentence together, I'd say I'd be first on it. Going, you know, he's had a good career, Olympian, British champion, Commonwealth champion, you know, good career. But like, he's a heavyweight boxer. To say retire after getting knocked out, well, if you're gonna retire them and you get knocked out as a heavyweight, then. You're fucking in the wrong game, aren't you? Because you're going to get knocked out at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, history says as a heavyweight boxer, you're going to get knocked out at some point. So, you know, if he if he loses to Tom Little, then yeah, then you know maybe it's just not there anymore. But I think 
at British level, I think he definitely he's definitely a brilliant addition to any British fight, any British heavyweight fight. But I think I don't think he's world class. I've said that before, but I think Euro European level fringe world title level, I think he can be in some good fights, and I, I want to see him. In if he loses to Tom Little, I I personally want to see him hang it up because I don't I don't think. Given his amateur background, given his obviously uh, you know Olympic medal, given the fact that he was British and Commonwealth champion, yeah. and uh, you know that that's a really great level to get. And I don't think I could ever see Tom Little getting there. To be honest with you, no disrespect to Tom, but I couldn't see him getting there. And, and for me, it'd be a pretty sad state of affairs if you know David Price loses to Tom Little. To be honest, but I I do expect him to win this one. I do expect him to be like a bit of a confidence building win for him. And like you said, he's probably going to get another big fight regardless of what people think. Whether they think Maybe it should put, happen. Say, say if you see Price Allen next year, would you complain that David Price versus no, Dave Allen? It's no, a good British level fight, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So I, what I try and say to people is people who say retire, alright, then would you rather see would you rather see Dave Allen jump on these matchroom cards in, you know, next year at AJ and fight Kevin Johnson? Or no. would you rather him say, right, Alan Price? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's more you, more competitive matchup. Yeah, you're a fan, so you want to see good heavyweight fights. So all the people telling him to retire, I think it's fucking I just don't agree with it, but you know, at the end of the day, Price is a very easy target and there's a lot of people on Twitter and the other social media sites who don't know anything about boxing who just go, oh, you're a big plumber. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking easy to do, isn't it? Yeah. And not one, and you know, it's the age-old thing, but not one person would say, ah, you're shit to David Price. No, what the fuck? That's, that's for no, sure. no chance. Moving on then to other fights on the card, we've got uh, Ryan Walsh and Reese Bellotti on the card for the good British fight, featherweight that. title. Uh, it, it is a good fight, you're right. I am looking forward to seeing it. Obviously, Reese is uh, coming back. He lost to Ryan Doyle earlier this year in what was a shock defeat and now he's got an opportunity to get straight back in going for the British featherweight crown against Ryan Walsh who again is uh, seasoned he's very seasoned yeah he is very seasoned and I think this is a great opportunity for both men to showcase their abilities in this fight I I am genuinely looking forward to this I think would you say it's a 50-55 for the card I wouldn't say it's far off one but, but me thinking is like I know Bellotti beat Jason Cunningham, who's going to go in with Conlon this weekend. Yeah. So you know Jason Cunningham's a good, you know he's, ne- he's never going to win a world title, but he's a good he's a good boxer, good fighter. Um, but me one little worry is that Bellotti's real step up. You know it wasn't on the night people thought he was pretty overwhelming famous, but in hindsight he's one step up. Ryan Doyle, he got beat, but you could just say he got clipped. But the form doesn't really look that well after mm. Ryan Doyle went on to get stopped by Jordan Gill. So yeah, exactly. That's me one little worry, but I think. I like Ryan Walsh, you know, did you hear him speaking today at the press conference, he, he sounded like, you know, he, he's a really down-to-earth good fella and, you know, he's got one of them stories where I don't think he's really had the character to, to go with his ability, do you know what I mean? He hasn't yeah. always had the opportunities because he doesn't, he doesn't talk shit and he doesn't, like, disrespect people. doesn't oversell yeah. himself, does he? Do you know what I mean? He, he undersells himself, anything, you know, yeah. he was there today talking about, you know, how he's happy to be there and thanking Eddie all the time and all that and... You know, maybe if he had one of them brash characters to go with his, you know, his decent ability, he'd probably have, have gone further. But you know, he's got some, he's got some good wins on his record. I know he, he stopped uh, James Tennyson. Yeah, and look what James Tennyson exactly, went on. He went on to, um, to fight Seven Farmer, didn't he? Yeah, and he, he got beat over um, over the distance by Lee Selby, who obviously went on to win a world title. So, you know, he's definitely a um, 
Yeah, a good fighter. Yeah, this fight with Isaac Lowe, it was a draw earlier exactly. on this year, and that, yeah. that was what we was expecting, was the rematch between them two, uh, but obviously that seems to have been sidestepped, and we've got Reese Bellotti instead, and, you know, I do, I do think it's a really good fight, I do agree, it's probably not far away from a 50-50 fight, but... Um, is it too soon for Bellotti jumping in with someone as seasoned as, as Walsh after being beat off like Ryan Doyle? <sighs> Could be. We'll see on the night. We'll see if it's too much too soon. But if Reese Bellotti's got the the, the, the prospect to, to go this far, then you know, man, yeah. he's got a brilliant opportunity. He can yeah. punch a little bit, Bellotti. So he's always got that line. You know, I think he's got 11, 11 KOs and 13 fights or something along them lines. So you know, he, he's definitely got that little equaliser. So maybe that'll make up for his lack of uh, experience that obviously Ryan Walsh holds over him but it's definitely it's one of them fights where you know we're going to talk about betting a little bit later it's one you probably you probably dodge this one because it's it's pretty hard to see which way it's going to go yeah, I'd agree. Well, we've got a world title fight on this card as well. Charlie Edwards going for another world title against Christoph Rosales. And this is a, another opportunity for Charlie to, to pick up a world title. But is he going to be able to beat Rosales is the question. And I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm a bit sat here thinking I'd love to see him do it. But I've just got this sneaking suspicion he isn't. Yeah, I mean, it's one of them. Like, I think the Paddy Barnes victory for Rosales uh, earlier this year, I think it's a bit flattering. I think Paddy Barnes a good fighter, I just don't think he was ready for that. And it's sort of, it's that dramatic jumping levels from fighting people that you're going to beat before you go in the ring to going to Rosales, who's a tough fella, who, you know, when maybe when you hit him, he doesn't react the same way yeah. all your other opponents have, and he, he comes back with his own, and obviously he just landed a sickening body shot, we can see what they do, but I think that might flatter him a bit, and I know he um, he went over to Japan and beat, beat Higer, didn't he, which is... Which is um, a good, a good victory, even though Hagel missed weight. So I just don't know whether his last couple of fights just flatter him a little bit. Well, but Edwards has got serious ability, just whether he can carry it over sometimes. If he just let his boxing win his fight, he'd probably be alright, but sometimes <laughs> he gets involved, you know what I mean? Same yeah. way he did with... Um, oh, who's the guy that he uh, fought? Oh, trying to think of it now. John Rio Casmero. Yes. So, you know, he did the same with him. He was boxing well, but just got into a fight and got, and got chinned, so... It may, hopefully he's learned from that and hopefully you know this, he's just catching Rosales at the right time it'll be a good fight I am looking forward to it I think Charlie has got plenty of ability it's just whether he can execute a good game plan on the night and if he gets too involved with Rosales I think he could yeah. get stopped yeah, like, and that that's what worries me if, I think if he could end up the same way as Paddy Barnes although obviously more experienced in the professional game for Edwards he's been in for a world title before he knows what it's like he knows the mistakes he made so it'll be interesting to see whether he's replied that, it yeah, that's me worry I do fancy Charlie Edwards like I've just said to you before we come on I do fancy him to win me niggling little worries whether he can keep Rosales off for long enough but if he just uses his boxing ability then I can see him winning and winning well but you know he's had a little bit of a change in trainer you know he went from Adam Booth to Grant Smith up in Sheffield so you know there's all little factors that you just don't know how they're going to gonna play but you know balls on the table I think um, Charlie Edwards will come away world champion so Joshua Boatze and Reynold Quinlan. Uh, I think this is a decent step up for Boatze. You know, we've been wanting to see Boatze get moved on quicker because he's just knocking people out for four now. He's just dominating him through the fights. And they were talking of him fighting in the yard a little bit earlier on, um, a couple, well, a couple of months back, sorry. And now he's got Reynold Quinlan, who we've seen lose to Chris Eubank Jr. down to super middleweight. He's got up to uh, back to light heavyweight, and he's a decent fighter, Quinlan. I don't think the 
Eubank Jr. fight really did him justice and I think this is a great step up and the step up I, I'd like to have seen from someone like Anthony Yard speaking of a step up I think you that's know. the difference between Boati and Yard isn't it yeah. I think Boati's genuinely taken these step ups and I don't think I think he genuinely lets his management dictate where he goes and I don't think he rejects anyone but anyone who I talk to I think well I'm not trying to sound like you're here only after rough diamond here because it's clearly <laughs> not but I think everyone's of the same opinion that Boatsy could literally be the next the next big thing out of our country you know we, he could be one of them fighters where we all get get behind you know like Joshua yeah maybe not at that well it's coming from the same crop of yeah. Olympians isn't it that's the thing yeah. he's going out of that same crop he's so. just so good he's getting so he's getting better every time I think he at this point he for me, be a heavy favourite against Anthony Yard just through pure natural ability. Well, if he beats Quinlan and he beats him in, in, in emphatic fashion, now, bearing in mind Quinlan had a really great fight earlier on uh, in the year against Damian Hooper. That was yeah. a cracking he had fight. He down, didn't he? Yeah. And then, but then got stopped himself. It was a cracking fight, but if he can stop Quinlan, then for me, he's got a massive shout for fighting someone like Yard, regardless of whether Team Yard think they're. I fucking, I fucking want him to take yeah. it I'm just like I'm screaming at him fucking stop shouting fucking lions in the camp let's, <laughs> let's just get lions in the fucking okay. ring that's, that's what we want to see we want to see Buatze and Yard in the future or even Buatze and obviously Callum Johnson was talked about that yeah. was sanctioned by that's sanctioned by the Boxing Board of Control but I've heard Callum Johnson is potentially getting a big fight over in America and he's going to announce something in January so I'm looking forward to seeing whether there's talk of him fighting Paterbi ever again you know yeah. I, I mean, I think that's just the fight that you know he had Paterbi uh, having serious trouble and I just think by his own admission he froze he didn't jump on him but you know that's for another episode of course. I think Boati's um, he's got everything really inside and outside the ring he's getting better all the time and I just don't think any of these British light heavyweights will really want want to take him on right now you know what I mean it's yeah. sort of it's like sort of we were touching on before it's high risk low reward isn't it because if they if say if Callum Johnson beats Boati everyone will say it's too early for Boati yeah, yeah, exactly. you know what I mean it's not you can't, you can't win the, can you no he won't get the applause that he should get if he was to beat him but I think Boati's definitely the best prospect coming out of the country maybe you know in the conversation for one of the best prospects in the world and I just want to see him this is a very good decent step up one I expect him to come through in good style because he looks to me like one of them fighters who's going to get better the opposition the better Boatsy yeah I think he's going to fight to fight to levels and I think they see him step up in levels we're going to see him step up the you know the the, the skill level that he's got and I don't think we've even seen him get out of second gear to be honest with you and I think beating Quinlan does a lot definitely puts him on the map more for a big domestic fight and I'm looking forward to that Uh, two other fights on the undercard I don't think they'll be shown uh, on the pay-per-view they might be on a uh, Facebook stream we've got Linus Udofia middleweight prospect 11-0 and we've got Fabio Wardley both on that card as well you probably find that on the 6 o'clock Facebook stream I'm imagining but uh, Linus Udofia is definitely one to watch out for we've interviewed him before uh, he's been on uh, our website he's boxing repeat and done a few bits with us and you know he really looks like a good prospect so definitely keep your eyes out for, for him but overall it's it's not the, the, the best of the two cards of the weekend, but I'm not saying it's a shit card either because I, I do think it's uh, some decent fights on there. I don't know if it's uh, justified being on a pay-per-view, but it's still a half-decent card 
anyway and I am looking forward to it it's going to be difficult to try and keep up with two well it depends on whether or not we're at the other one on the night but we're going to go into the final segment which is the betting odds and Jordi give us your betting odds we need to win one don't we you know <laughs> we had the uh, we had the post with Fiori Wilder and then uh, we haven't quite had a winner yet but um, I think from our conversation what I said that the one bet I'm going to have is um, is I'm going to bet on Charlie Edwards to win he's 6-4 to four, so it's a decent little price he's the outsider but I've been weighing this up all week you know, like, on my own so I'm glad to finally talk to you <laughs> it's, it's, I just think there's more in his favour than out of his favour so you know, I think it's worth, definitely worth the um, the bet especially when, if he was favourite I'd probably leave it but the fact there's a bit of value in there 6-4 to four, I think Charlie Edwards to win by any means is is a good bet so you know that's the one better we'll be having on this card it's a t- pretty tough card like to uh, to be betting on because Dillian White is pretty sure price favourite which I'm not sure is justified so stay away from that one but um, yeah I think that's definitely one I'll um, I'll be having a bet on and you know if I do get excited I might bet on White to win on points but you know the general consensus I'll leave that <laughs> so for anyone listening just have a, a little go with Charlie Edwards and she'll pay for your beers yeah, never know. Might have a go at that myself, actually, see if you can uh, win any little bits of money off that one. Yeah, but Christmas round the corner. I know, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, well, that's it. We haven't got anything more to add to this preview of Dillian White versus Derek Chisora. So, again, as always, if you've enjoyed the episode, please leave us a comment, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and on Podbean. Either or is fine. Any comments you want to make on the episode, please drop us a line on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod or on Facebook at BTR Boxing Pod. Podcast. Guys, really, really, really looking forward to the fight. Gillian White, Derek Chisora, who's it going to be? Bye, fight fans. Network.